and welcome to Grace Life Ministries. We're a gospel-centered, disciple-making, church-planting ministry with a focus on reaching the unreached, establishing believers in the truth of God's Word, and building grace communities or churches. Our desire is to help you to grow in your relationship with God, experience the reality of Christianity, and help you to experience the fruit of Christ in you. Colossians chapter 1 verse uh, 22, firstly the King James says, In the body of his, flesh, uh, of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Okay, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, which says, uh, verse 22, Yet now he has reconciled you to himself, through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Now, I thought this is a great place to start um, in, 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 in getting into the word this, uh, this morning together because you know, what, what's on God's heart, I believe, for all of us is to realize um, Firstly, how blameless we are, how holy we are, and how innocent we are overall. Just, just how we stand before Him in such innocence. You know, we, we're standing before Him with completely innocent because of what Jesus has done for us and because we've placed our faith in Him. This verse is also showing us like we are in the presence of God or the presence of God is in us forever. You know, whether we feel it or not, we, we, we have the presence of God. We, we don't sing the presence down. We don't pray the presence down. We don't you know, uh, give the presence down, um, you know, whatever. But, but it's like his presence is here and we're experiencing it right now, even without realizing it. Now, when I, re when I um, uh, um, uh, realized this truth years back, it changed the way I worshiped. It changed the way I, I uh, went to church, changed the way I, I, I in, engaged in my um, quiet time with the Lord and all of that. Because so often I went into those things feeling like it was something I had to build up, something I had to work in. You know, you enter his gates with thanksgiving. So let's give some thanks. And then you enter his courts with praise. So let's give some praise. And then it's like maybe if you're extra special and, and extra super spiritual, you throw in some repentance and some confession and a bit of this and a bit of that. And, and now I'm standing before the Lord clean so I can come with a clean hands and a, a pure heart. And, you know, I can ascend the hill of the Lord. And it's kind of like we're always trying to get somewhere without realizing where we are. You know, we're trying to attain to some kind of standard when we don't realize where we are and who we've got and, you know, who's living inside of us, how he's fixed inside of us. We, we are in the presence of God forever. I've been in meetings and, and people will say, even the pastor, like the presence of God isn't here yet. <laughs> and it's, it's wrong. I understand what they mean. They can't feel the presence. But it's like you can feel, whether you feel the presence of God or not, He's there. Another thing that this verse, truth that this verse brings out, which we have to kind of uh, uh, take to heart, is that we are holy. We are holy. 
Many people don't act holy because they don't believe that they're holy. We always, yeah, we always uh, act or live in a way consistent with what we believe. And it's impossible to live inconsistent uh, in what we, with what we believe. So it's like if you in your heart of hearts believe that you're good for nothing, then you're going to end up pretty much being good for nothing <laughs> most of the time. And it just reinforces it. Now, if you believe that you're a sinner saved by grace, then you're going to consistently live to that level of belief, that level of revelation where I'm a sinner saved by grace. So I sin, thank God for his grace. I sin, thank God for his grace. And you sin and you thank God for his grace. And you're just on this continual uh, back and forth because you can't live beyond your level of revelation. You can never live beyond your level of revelation. You have to, we have to grow up in our revelation so that our revelation is Christ. See, this is the thing. We think of revelation as getting something new. But revelation is a revealing of what is. I heard someone explain it once as it's a taking the veil off. So if I was to take this uh, top off, I would reveal what is underneath. I wouldn't reveal something new. It's new for you, but it's new because you haven't seen my chest. <laughs> but it's, a, it's maybe not the best example in the world, but it's a good, we're working with it already. So just give me grace. The point is, is that like a, we take the lid off to reveal what's inside, not to create something. You know, many people, they think that a revelation is something which is, uh, uh, I've got a new revelation. God's given me a new revelation. And it's like a new key. It's something new. God says he's doing a new thing. <laughs> you know what? We use that verse out of context so often. You know, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Okay, let's just pause there for a second and be good Bible interpreters. When was that spoken? To whom was it spoken? Why was it spoken? You know, God's new thing was salvation. That does the whole plan all along. It's happened. Now we're living in the new thing. We are the new creation. So, he, you know, his, his plan in the whole world is not new. He might have a new way to reach people and to do things, but it's always the same plan. God doesn't have a new plan. He's not doing a new thing in your life. If, if he needs to do a new thing in your life, it's because of you, not because of him. It's not because uh, 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 he's waiting for an opportunity to do something new. There's nothing new that he wants to do. It's the same thing. Salvation. Freedom. Deliverance. He wants to restore people. And that might be new for you, but it's not new for him. The gospel and the message of the word, the Bible, is never something new. It might be fresh. It's always fresh, but it just might be new for you. Okay? So we need to come to an, a revelation of Jesus. Because here's the thing. Let me actually get into this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Um. It says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers 
for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ. So that's the goal. Yeah? The, the leadership giftings in the body are there to perfect us for the work of the ministry. For what? So that we all come to the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of Jesus. The revelation is always Jesus. There's no other revelation. We had a guy years back in the church I grew up in. This guy um, uh, uh, had a book and he had a, a whole teaching about, he was a, a finance guy. And, uh, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, I, he got me hook, line and sinker for years. But he uh, he would uh, travel the world. He was a uh, British and he would travel especially in South Africa and Canada and um, uh, those are obviously the places that would accept him and uh, he would go with his book uh, Revelation of Financial Renewal so it's about like what God wants to do in your finances and you know it's like something new God's given him this new message that nobody else has you know and, and that as soon as someone says that you know they're wrong then you don't even need to listen to what they're saying because it might sound good but it's wrong there's nothing new. This is one way to not be deceived. As soon as someone says, God's given me a special message, it's something new, you know, th th then you know to run. The other thing with this is, is it also helps us to see that, um, uh, um, that I might be hearing a message I've heard before, but that's good. Now, granted, you might get a message that you've never heard before, and you mustn't accept, you mustn't think, well, I've never heard that before, so it's wrong, because maybe you're wrong and that you've never heard the right thing. But you should be able to take that message, go to the Word and go, wow, okay, that message is in the Word, or that message is not in the Word, reject it or accept it. Yeah, but it's never a revelation of something outside of the Word. It's always a revelation of Jesus. That's what this verse is saying. Okay, we want to come to a knowledge of the Son of God. That's maturity. Maturity is a revelation of Jesus, which is working in your life. So that we would grow into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and be not children. So what God's plan and desire for you is that you would grow up and become like Jesus. Because we've all got Christ in me. Amen. I didn't wear it for that purpose. These were our mission tops. Yeah. We've all got Christ in me. But the, 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 the question for every Christian is how much of Christ are you letting out of you? Because you've got Christ in you, but now we want to see Christ out of you so that you're nice. We, 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 we like hanging around with you. You know, because uh, uh, all of a sudden you're more loving, you're more kind, you're more patient, you're more powerful. Right? That, that, that's the way we reach the world is by being Jesus. In the, to the world, not by having Jesus in us, but by letting Jesus out of us. Christ, the, 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 the Spirit of God living within us, is streams of living water flowing out of us, wanting to reach people around us. That happens, and it happens more and more and more according to our revelation of Jesus. Now, I don't know how to explain this uh, testimony. Uh, I was sitting with a guy, counseling him, 
and he was telling me that um, uh, he loves Jesus and he knows the uh, the word and, and this and that. The next thing, he's been in ministry, and I know he's been in ministry, and he's telling me about how um, you know the decisions he's making in his life they're not wrong, even though they're very wrong. You can just judge it by the word, and um, he's. Um, He's saying um, this and he's saying that, and, and I kind of just exposed him uh, uh, in, in, in two minutes. I easily just ripped off the band-aid, not the band-aid, but I ripped off the deception. And I just, like in front of everybody, just said to him, because he was, now he's deceived. The problem with deception is you don't know you're deceived and you're heading off in the wrong direction. So I ripped it off and I said, listen, look, you don't love Jesus. Look, I can tell you now, look at your life. Look at the way you're living. Look at the way you're not loving your wife. Look at the way you're not loving your family. Look at the decisions that you're making. That's not love for Jesus. And you might think that's a bit harsh. That's a bit legalistic. Um, I mean, I don't do that with everyone, but I really felt stirred up to do that. And I ripped that, that deception off and I exposed that he, he left and he had to come back, uh, get drugged back in. And, and he left again and he had to get drugged back in. And, you know, like because uh, I wasn't done with him yet. <laughs> and it was very loving. It was very kind. I was very like much trying to connect and reach to this guy and say, you know what? You're headed for a uh, 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 destruction. If you carry on down this path, this is the answer for you. You need to just die to self. You, you, you're already dead. Now you just need to say, okay, well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going with my desires. And I ripped it off. And you know what? Because now he, he was exposed, he just kind of kept running in the wrong direction. And it wasn't because of me. All I did was expose the problem that, that he was trying to, like, that he wasn't prepared to be confronted with. And now we're just trusting that obviously it'll turn around. But this is the thing. He cannot live above his revelation. He thinks he knows grace. He thinks he knows Jesus, but he cannot live above his revelation. His revelation is evidently not of Jesus because he's not able to live there. So we look at our lives and we go, wow, there's some areas of my life which I would really love to, to, to sort out. I'd really love to grow in. How do we do that? It's not by putting blood, sweat, and tears into it. It's about by, by digging into the word, praying in the spirit, seeking Jesus. And then the revelation of Jesus grows in our hearts because of our relationship with him and transformation comes. Transformation in our lives happen because not because we're trying hard, but because we're seeing Jesus more clearly. And where is Jesus? The answer's on my chest. <laughs> so I left the shirts on. Otherwise, I would have illustrated my previous point. The point is, is that Christ in me, when I see Christ in me, I'm able to live like him. Because I realize Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. You'll never live above your revelation. And that's why so many Christians are in such, in such bad shape is because they're... Uh, uh, um, they're, 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 they're satisfied with um, living off a 45-minute a, a sermon once a week or the five-minute reading that they do on a day-to-day -day basis. Or they're satisfied with um, kind of like their God box and their work box. And they're, they're, they're kind of not, Christ is not in all and all in Christ for them. They, they've separated it and, you know, now they've got their business cap on 
and so their the, the cross cap came off. Yeah, uh, when, when he should be the center of everything. God doesn't like like it's a good it's it's good to have your priorities. God first, you know, family, blah blah blah. But it's much healthier to put God as the center of everything. He wants to be the center of your business, the center of your relationship with your spouse, the center of your family life. He wants to be the center of your decision making. You know, it, we have the I grew up with this mentality of you know yeah I give my ten percent my tithe to to the Lord. And that's putting him first. That's prioritizing him. Well, in a way, yes. But then it was kind of like, give the 10% and go and do, do what you want. Like with the rest of your life, never mind the 90%. It's like, go and live your life now because you've prioritized God by giving to him first. Whereas there's many people who, who don't tithe and they prioritize God more because they live with him. They, they're doing day-to-day -day business with him. They, you know, they're, they're living a life in union with him. See, we need to see ourselves as holy, like this verse in Colossians 1.22 is saying. We are holy. Why? Because Jesus has made us holy. Not because we're trying. And when we see this, it causes a transformation in our lives, and we start to live holier accidentally than we ever did on purpose. You know, I remember when I was starting to see these things, and I wanted to share it with people, and no one wanted to hear no one was interested in what I had to say because, you know, um, I don't know, whatever reason. But I just stood back. They didn't want to hear me teach on healing or nothing. No one wanted to know anything I had to say. And I just said, God, I'm not going to try anymore. I'm going to stop talking. And all I'm going to do is focus in on living this life. It's, it's, it's going to be me and you, and I'm going to let the fruit speak for itself. And as I allowed the gospel to impact my heart and my relationship with Jesus to grow, you know what happened? Transformation. Fruitfulness started to come out of my life. Do you know what happens when you overflow? Ministry happens. So then people were seeing fruits in my life and they were coming and going, hey, they weren't saying this specifically, but can I eat from the fruit in your life is what they were saying. They were like, hey, can you spend some time with me? Can I ask you a question? Would you pray for me? Would you disciple me? Because they were like, wow, there's something there because I'd allowed Christ in me to come out of me. There's a scripture verse for this, and that verse describes beautifully what I've just explained. And it's John 10.10. 10. Okay? I actually want to turn there. I know you can quote it, but I want to show it to you in a... Another translation. Let's look at King James. The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So now we're, we're talking about the abundant life that has nothing to do with money. Okay? We're talking about the abundant life that has nothing to do with money whatsoever. Okay? They were wrong. When I told you the abundant life has something to do with money. They were only wrong because they were deceived themselves. Because when we think of abundance, when we think of wealth, we think of money because of the, 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 the idolatry in our own hearts. And because we are desiring stuff before we're desiring God. So that was for free. Look at the, the, the New Living Translation. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. So we see rich and we think, I'll be satisfied because I'm rich. 
And it's 100% true. You'll be satisfied because you're rich, but rich not with money, rich not with possessions, rich with something much more valuable than that. I like how the, 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 the passion puts it. It says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness, until you overflow. See, this is ministry. This is for every single Christian. Life is the Spirit of God dwelling in you. Abundant life, the eternal life is the Spirit of God living in you and now overflowing out of you. And as that life overflows, it impacts other people. See, God's aim with coming to live inside of you wasn't to live inside of you. His aim to live inside of you was to cause you to overflow. We call that ministry. We are all priests. We're the priesthood of believers. We're all uh, ambassadors of Christ. We're all ministers of the gospel. So that, that we receive this life of God, the Spirit of God to dwell in us. We allow it to impact us and then an overflow happens. And as this overflow happens, it impacts the lives of those around us. Now for this to take place, you have to know it can take place. You have to expect it to take place. What I'm talking about is revelation. You cannot live above your level of revelation. You cannot live beyond your revelation. Let me explain it like this, because we all understand that it may be in terms of healing. You never experienced healing until you know you could. You know, whether it was uh, someone ministering to you or whether it was you receiving it yourself or whatever, you, 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 if you didn't believe in healing, like if you never knew healing was possible, then if you got, if you got healed supernaturally and you didn't know that it was a supernatural healing, what did you call it? You called it I got better. But it wasn't called God healed me because you didn't know it was a possibility. See, you cannot live beyond your level of revelation. There are millions, billions of people around the world right now, not in this meeting because they didn't have a revelation that they could come to this meeting. So you guys are living, you're in this meeting because you had the revelation, the understanding, the knowledge that you could be here. You acted on that revelation. And here we are. So the, 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 the overflow happens because of an inward flow. And one of the biggest things we need to know as believers is I'm holy. Throughout the, 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 the word, we're, we're called saints. The Bible calls us saints. A saint is a holy one. Look with me at Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 10. New Living says, For God's will, was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all time. Showing us, you couldn't make yourself holy, it had to be done through Jesus. Now the King James says, 
Brother Witchell, we are sanctified or made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. He has made us holy. We don't make ourselves holy. And when we realize that it sets us free from performance and it causes fruitfulness in our lives. I'm sure, I'm sure some of us have uh, experienced it in this uh, meeting where you, 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 you've just had pressure to perform in an area like uh, maybe in your, your schoolwork growing up or maybe in the workplace or something uh, in a relationship, but there's pressure. You're being pressured, like you have to perform, you have to perform, you have to perform. Some of us might respond well under pressure, but it's still not healthy really. Because whenever it's an overflow, it's even more satisfying when it's not a burden of performance. You know, God's system isn't here's the standard, try and reach it. You know, that's, that, that's what, what we kind of, um, what religion shows us. Religion shows us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So now there's a, a standard that we don't meet up to. You lack something, but, but, but what that actually means is you lack something. It's not a standard that you've fallen from. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Fall short in accounting terms, meaning you lack something. What do you lack? You lack the glory of God. You lack the Spirit of God. Now you're a Christian. The glory of God, the Spirit of God comes to dwell in you. You no longer fall short of the glory of God. And you can never fall short of the glory of God because now the glory of God is residing inside of you. It's dwelling in you. It's fixed inside of you for eternity. So many Christians don't know that, don't believe that, and that's why they live the way they live. If you start to know and believe, I'm filled with His glory, I'm filled with His love, I'm filled with His power, I'm filled with Him, then you're going to get into situations where you're like, hey, I don't have to do this like everyone else does this situation, because I'm filled with Him. And so then you start to overflow in that situation differently than the rest of the world. But it starts with us realizing that I stand before him without a single fault. Do you feel like that? I know often um, what we, we know is true and what we feel is true is different. We need to feel forgiven. It doesn't matter if you feel forgiven or not. You are forgiven, but you can't live in freedom and live in the fullness of the abundant life as long as you aren't allowing this truth to impact your heart. This, 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 this what I'm about to say, really impacted me hugely in... Um, 2009, 2010. Around about then, I got the revelation of um, an understanding that what I believe needs to impact my heart. So let me say it like this. We don't believe because we feel. We feel because we believe. 
Okay, and it might take a pro it's sometimes a process in a sense of I know this is the truth, I don't feel this is the truth, but I'm choosing to believe this is the truth. And then as you believe the truth, your feelings follow and you start to feel the truth. Okay, so I don't believe God is with me right now, but the word says God is with me. I don't feel him, but I know he's with me. So I'm choosing to just declare and confess. I know God, you're with me. Thank you, Father, you're with me. And then nine times out of ten for me, I like start to feel his presence, experience his presence, and know I can't have a confidence that he's with me. Ah, oh, you know, I've just made a mistake, I've just messed up, but I know that the Bible says I'm righteous. I don't feel righteous, but I am righteous. So in the name of Jesus, I declare I'm righteous. Thank you, Father, that you call me righteous. You call me right with you. You've made me holy. You say I'm blameless. I look at myself and I can blame myself, but you say I'm blameless. You say I'm innocent. You say there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. This is what you say. So I'm going to declare it and believe it. And then you, you're saying it. You're confessing it. Why are you confessing it? Why are you saying it out loud? Not because you're trying to con convince God, but you're saying it because it's convincing yourself. And as it convinces yourself and it, it starts to saturate your heart, you start to rise up and go, wow, I'm righteous. That becomes your default. You believe that. You know, you, you start to feel some condemnation and you're like, that's weird. Why am I feeling condemned? There's no reason for me to be condemned. And it becomes odd to feel condemnation. It becomes weird to feel guilt and shame. <clears throat> Because you know that there's not one single bit of fault that God sees in you. Because he looks at you and he sees you as Colossians 2.10, complete. He sees you as perfect. He sees you as whole. He doesn't see you as broken. You might feel broken. You might feel incomplete. But you look at the word and you go, wow, I'm full of Jesus. I'm complete in Christ. I lack nothing. I'm filled with him, not because of effort, not because of, of sacrifice on my part, but because of him. And then we start to rise up and live from that place of conviction and revelation. Like Greta quoted there, you know, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Our belief drives our actions. So if we look at our actions, if we look at our life, we can determine what we believe. Not what we say we believe, but what we truly believe. Do we really believe we're full of Jesus? I'll go to the, 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 the five people in the week that you spend the most time with and ask them. <laughs> that, that, that might not be that nice. So ask the people in this meeting. <laughs> You know, uh, we'll give each other hallelujah high fives and you're a champion and you know, <laughs> we'll call it out in each other, the good stuff. But the, the, the fact is, is like um, we don't want to live out Jesus just for each other here. We want to live out Jesus so, so that the, the unsaved and the difficult people out there look at us and go and experience us and they go, wow, there's something different about you. How is it that you're so patient? How is it that you're so kind? How is it that you 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 are treating me better than I deserve? You no, know, 
that's what it's talking about. It's not just talking about healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, although that's included. I remember when I was, um, I think I was about 16 or 17, um, I uh, didn't have all my, my beliefs straightened out yet, but, you know, I was passionate about God and I was going for it and I was on a mission trip in Madagascar. It was my, it was actually, I was about 18, 19, it was my second mission trip. And uh, we went into the rainforest of Madagascar and we were backpacking from village to village and it was, it was magnificent. We would preach the gospel, a whole village would get saved, we would leave a pastor there, they would plant a church and, and we'd move on to the next village and it was, it was magnificent. And, um, so I wasn't the youngest on the team. I was about 18 or so, like I said, 17, 18. And there was a, 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 a um, I think it was a 14 year old. And somehow he thought that his job was to try and irritate me, somehow. <laughs> so now we're in the middle of the rainforest. You can't drive there. There's no cars. The helicopter dropped us off there. And if you wanted to walk there, it would take you two weeks. So we're literally in the middle of nowhere. Okay, um, and they've told us about some of the, 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 the tribes that are in the forest, like deep in the forest where, you know, they'll drink human blood and all sorts of things like that. So that's uh, like a lot of witchcraft and whatever. So it's not the kind of place you want to go wandering off into the, 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 the forest by yourself. So this kid is irritating me i can't remember what he's doing but it's just like he's pushing all my buttons and i'm just responding in love and whatever and and uh, uh eventually it got a bit much for me so i went for a walk by myself into the rainforest <laughs> and i went up on up the river and i was on these rocks and i was just sitting there and i was like god i can't take it anymore like you might feel about someone like that right now yeah god i can't take it anymore this person this and this guy was doing that and he's you know he's just like whatever and, and I felt God just uh, encourage me and say, well, you've got the fruit of the Spirit. So just love. And I was like, that's not really what I wanted to hear, but I'm going to love. Lord, help me to love him. Help me to, 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 to be patient with him. Help me to be kind towards him. You know, and I prayed in the Spirit and I, I, I stirred myself up and then I went back and nobody knew I had gone. And I came back and, you know, uh, I was in the same tent and, as him as well. And, you know, we were, we were back and a couple of days later of just loving him. And, you know, I found it actually easy. Once I tapped into the flow of the Lord in me, I just loved him. And then, you know what happened? A couple of days later, he got so irritated and he got fired up and he was like, he flipped out at me. And he's like, I'm trying everything that I can do to irritate you. And it's just, I'm not getting through to you. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and I turned to him and I was like, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I kind of was like acting dumb. I don't, didn't even realize like you were, you were acting otherwise, <laughs> you know, and it's just funny. What I'm trying to show you is that even in the most difficult circumstances, you can live like Jesus because Christ in you is your hope of glory. This is basic Christianity, but you can't live at this level of Christianity if your revelation is not here. The same thing with healing. You can't heal a fly if you don't know that the healing power of Jesus is residing inside of you and wanting to come out of you. And that you just need to release it through your words. In the name of Jesus, I release life now and bring healing to your body. That, 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 that's all we need to do. We don't have to kind of call heaven down 
or anything like that because the power is living inside of us love lives inside of us so we need to have this revelation and then we can start to live in it amen so what encourages you from that what challenges you from that uh what uh, stirs you up i trust that it does uh, stir you up Peter says, what I overflow of is what I'm filled with. Definitely. It's like the squeezing of the toothpaste. Um, you know, what you squeeze a toothpaste, a tube of toothpaste, and what comes out? Whatever's inside. Uh, uh, not what you wish, what, not what you wish for. Like you go to, it's the same thing with your bank card. You go to the ATM, you put it in, whatever comes out is what's inside. <laughs> not, not what your hope's inside. You know, I hope that there's a million rand here. It doesn't come out if you hope. Only if there's a million in there. Go for it, Christian. If you're ready for us there. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so I think way, way at the beginning uh, really encouraged me there. Um, you know, acting in a way consistent with what we believe. So it's almost like I was just feeling in my heart, like, don't... Uh, don't try to present for me, like don't try to present that you are more spiritual. Uh, actually just, just believe the reality and you'll be very spiritual, you know? So it's almost okay. like don't produce, don't try to produce something. Um, and rather just accept what's already true. So that really, that's powerful. Really yeah. me. Oh, thank you. Jackie <laughs> also says, uh, we don't feel without believing first. And I, I, let me build on what I said earlier and just say this, you know, um, when I had that revelation years back that what, 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 what I believe needs to impact my heart, I remember, like, th think about it in terms of God is good. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Like, we, we, we say that we believe that in everything in Christian circles and church. But it's like, do you feel that when everything's going wrong? Do you feel God is good? Because if you don't feel it, you probably don't really in your heart of hearts believe it. And I was challenged with that in 2009, 2010. Then my father passed away of cancer. And as soon as I, like, it's a long story, but the, the short of it is, is as soon as someone phoned me and said, your dad's just passed away. My first reaction was, God, you're good. I didn't even think about it. I just said, God, you're good. I know you didn't do this. Thank you for his life. Thank you that he's with you. But I'm not blaming you. You didn't do this. And I wept and I, I mourned and then I celebrated and, you know, uh, 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 everything else that happened happened. But the point is, it's like I was so encouraged because then I was confronted with that truth of, do you really believe God is good and that he didn't do this? And, and I was like looking at my feelings and I was like, I actually believe this now. Because I'm not blaming God and going, God, I don't know why you allowed this to happen. Oh, yeah, it's not you. I must remind myself it's not you. No, I knew that it wasn't him. You know, it didn't happen overnight. I had to transform my, uh, uh, my, my thinking to experience the transformation in my heart and in my feelings. I don't follow my feelings. I follow my truth, the, the, the truth that I believe. And as I follow truth, my feelings follow and that, that whole 
situation. I got on the airplane to come from America to South Africa for my father's funeral. And that whole time I was rejoicing. Why? Because I believed different than other people believe in situations like that. You know, God loves you, even if you don't feel it, but you choose to, when you, when you do feel it, it's just an indicator of what is, you know, you can't, uh, 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 yeah, the feelings are just an indicator of what is happening, but that's why we shouldn't be going by our feelings, but we, we, we go by truth of what is, you know, sometimes your petrol gauge can be broken and it can be indicating you've got petrol when you don't, you know, and, uh, 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 and so then you can't go by what the, the indicator says. You have to go by what the reality is and the reality is you got no petrol. So you're not going anywhere. <laughs> so greater says meditate on what God says and not what circumstances speak because of the inward flow needs to come from uh, time with God impacting our hearts and not time in circumstances to impact our hearts. Definitely spend time with him, hearing his voice, knowing what he's saying, you know, and um, it's, it's, it's all, we all are living from the revelation that we've currently got. And that revelation, we, when it comes, it's like the four soils, um, the four, uh, uh, the sower sows the word, Mark chapter four, you know, um, the first uh, uh, seed sown in the ground is kind of like it's received and it's immediately stolen. From, uh, um, uh, uh, the, the enemy comes to steal the word straight away. And so it doesn't produce any fruit. It doesn't uh, take root. It doesn't have any time for that. Okay. And, and here's the thing. It's like eventually the seed on good soil takes root and produces a harvest. And so in receiving the truth and receiving the word, there needs to be a perseverance to understand, a perseverance to endure in receiving and allowing it to take root so that I can experience the fruitfulness of it. But here's the thing, you get confronted with revelation, it doesn't automatically do something. If you receive it into your heart and it takes root, then it produces. But a lot of people receive it and they go, wow, this is amazing. And then that doesn't go any further than that. And so then it doesn't produce. And you know what the problem is with that? Like let's, you use salvation as an example with an unbeliever or you use healing as an example, even with a believer. They get excited about the word and then persecution comes that, that, and they let go of the word so the word doesn't bring a fruitfulness. And then they hear the word again. They hear the gospel. They hear the message of healing or whatever. And because of the previous experience, they'll go, ah, their, their heart is calloused against it. And it's like, I'm not, uh, I didn't really see fruitfulness from that last time. And so their heart is sick because of uh, uh, hope deferred. And so they're not experiencing fruitfulness on that word anymore, even though they think that they know it. And it's actually just deception because they've allowed their heart to grow hard because they didn't allow the seed to go deep. That's why we often don't see fruitfulness in our lives and we're hearing good word and we're like, why is it not doing anything? It's because we haven't allowed it to go deep. And then when things go wrong, when we're disappointed in the, the uh, sometimes even in God or in ourselves or in situations or whatever, our hearts have grown hard and we don't even realize it. And how do we know our heart has grown hard? Well, one of the ways is when we, uh, um, we don't respond quickly to the word. 
when we don't uh, 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 get, you know, um, uh, uh, experience the joy of that word straight away. Oh yeah, I know that. You know, it, it kind of it doesn't uh, affect us uh, as as well anymore. Anyway, I trust that. Um, well, let me let me let me pray for us, Father. I thank you. I trust that every single one who's heard this word this morning would be encouraged just to go and sit at your feet and receive your word and be refreshed in your presence and experiencing your goodness. And thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, that your love would impact each one of us deeply in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I just have this picture of a heart. And right at the bottom of the heart, there's these like cracks. The top of the heart looks good. But at the bottom is just like some some cracks and it's a bit dry and it's 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 broken to a degree and and i kind of just saw the love of god like kind of just flowing in those cracks and it's restoring and it's healing and, and i just felt like god just saying you know some some of us like there's some deep 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 work that needs to be done and sometimes we like to think that oh i need to see a professional all you need is sometimes a professional can help but all you need is the love of god to impact that area invite him in his love and in his power to come and impact that area of your heart father i thank you that your love is flowing help us to receive and allow you to do what you want to do in our hearts and in our lives in the name of jesus thank you father we trust that this teaching has been a blessing to you we encourage you to visit our website for more free life-giving teachings to help you grow in your relationship with God, visit us at www.gracelife.co.